Welcome, everybody. I'm super excited to have you back for another episode of Path to Business. I have an amazing guest who I actually don't know in person. She's somebody that I've met online and been super inspired by for about two years now. Her name is Corinne McDonald. She is coming to you from Toronto, and I'm so excited to have her on here. Thank you for joining us. Path to Business, the podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Barrett, self-made, six-figure business owner, photographer, mother of three who's not afraid of hard work. True connection is a superpower that we can all achieve, and sharing your story the way you want to is extremely powerful. I want to celebrate each journey in business as no story is quite the same. Knowing how we got started is so important for growth, especially when we are working so hard within our business. We understand and appreciate the sacrifices and decisions that have led us to where we are today. You've already crushed so many goals and by sharing how you did it, both you and others can continue to achieve all your biggest dreams. Empowering ourselves and others will give you the permission you are seeking that you never needed in the first place to get all you strive for and more. This is your path to business. Thank you for asking. Um, this is a very <laughs> exciting moment for me uh, to be a guest on a podcast. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And you're right. This is our first kind of virtual meeting. Exactly. You know, we've spoken online before, but uh, now we have the opportunity to chat. So this is going to be fun. I'm excited. I know. I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear all about, you know, how you got started. I know because I've obviously listened to uh, your podcast for a while now and your VIP collective series on YouTube. I actually watch it. I'm, <laughs> I should be listening, but I do watch it because I do like to see kind of people's nuances and, you know, right. how they react to things. Um, but, uh, you know, let's hear a little bit more about what you do, where, what, you know, where you're from and uh, a little bit more behind the scenes about you. Who's that girl? Who's well, that girl? Um, <laughs> so yes, I am Corinne McDonald. I own Corinne McDonald Films, which is a boutique wedding cinematography company. Um, and actually, I'm also the host of the VIP Collective, which you mentioned, which is the Wedding Expert Podcast, which started last July. So July 2019 is when we started that venture. And so we've kind of got double thing going on right now. Um, but yeah, so this is, this comes at an interesting time because, um, last week we celebrated five years in business. Oh, so congrats. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So here we are, we are five years in, um, 2015 was when we started and 2020, here we go. So oh. that is who I am and what I do. Nice. Um, so obviously we want to learn a little bit more about what you did before you got into this business. Uh, funny fact, I also started in 2015. So kind of, uh, we have, we celebrate the same uh, business birth year. So cool. um, When's, uh, but, what, what, what month is your anniversary? March. We have celebrated in March. Oh, yay. Yeah. Cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, obviously it wasn't a super big party because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It was a virtual party. Virtual party, yeah. yeah. Um, but before your business, uh, what did you do? I'm curious. So before my business, I, well, I have been shooting and editing for 10 years now. So I may, I'm five years in business, but I've been shooting and editing for 10. Um, previous to this, I worked uh, with a magazine called Wedlux Magazine. It is, um, they have a partner company with them called Cloud9 Creative. So I was working on the cinema side of Wedlux Magazine, and I began that in 2010. So that journey came about, I'm one of these people who um, believe that if you put something into the universe, it comes back to you. <laughs> so that kind of came about, um, I was in college uh, studying advertising and there was a portion of the advertising course that we had to create a fake television commercial. <laughs> so we're shooting and we're editing and there was something in the editing portion that really stuck with me. I felt really excited by that. I loved the storytelling aspect of it. And so I graduated and moved on and I actually ended up in the uh, um, music industry, which kind of <laughs> wasn't the route, but I was working in the music industry for about two years and there was one day I woke up and I just kind of said it loud, oddly enough, that I wanted to own a, a, an editing studio. And 
I went to work. I kind of just left it at that. I didn't really devise a plan to do that. I did some traveling, <laughs> that kind of yeah. stuff. I came back and I had a couple of friends getting married. And so my friends knew they had a video camera and <laughs> they're like, you're the perfect person. Can you film our wedding? So I had gone to their wedding and I was just like a little handy cam, but I had so much fun. I was just getting all these different kinds of shots, B-roll shots. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and after that, I just kind of decided like I wanted to go to film school because when you figure out you have a passion in something, then you want to go to school for it. So I spoke with a friend who had worked at Wedlux magazine at the time. And she said, you know, if you're willing to move to Vancouver next week, because at the time they were based there, um, she said, you know, my boss is looking to hire and would consider hiring you. So I actually packed a suitcase and I moved to Vancouver within a week <laughs> and I lived there and I learned from the ground up. I was mentored under, um, Bruce was his name at Cloud9 Creative and I was mentored under him to learn how to shoot and edit weddings. So that was kind of the evolu evolution of how I got from schooling to how I got into it. But I honestly had just said it one day and then I feel like the universe kind of rubber band it. <laughs> right back at me um, and slingshot you forward basically it, like it came to it came to me in a sense so that was kind of the calling and what I was doing prior to business which I launched in 2015 so that's kind wow. of that's that story <laughs> so did you uh when you were working in Vancouver were you shooting and editing or were you just shooting or what were what was your role when you were there yeah I was brought in just as a shooter and editor so I started editing um, and for anyone who's listening who might be going into this field or into cinematography and editing, I highly recommend that you start editing before you start <laughs> so shooting. You just, you just learn how to storytell as an editor. And then when you're shooting, when you're in the field, you know what to look for. So I became very aware of what I needed in order to tell a story. I under started to understand transitions and I started yeah. to understand moments and anticipation of moments. Um, and I think that's that key, was a, key. that was a really key. key thing for me to learn. Had I have gone out and shot first, that first wedding you shoot, you honestly don't know what you're looking for. You are just kind of on a swivel, you're shooting because everything's a moment at that point. But as soon as you start to understand what storytelling is, then you start to develop more of a shooting style and mm -hmm. you get, you gain more confidence just by knowing what it is that you're looking for. So I was primarily shooting and editing uh, with with them yeah and I feel like I mean obviously we do video as well so I feel like you know it's so funny because I was looking at how I shoot and how Luke shoots and we actually divide up tasks you know like I'll look for details and I'll do a lot of close-up shots and you know looking for things like that so if you were to look at like my footage of the day it's like what, this doesn't make any sense but when you know that somebody is getting you know those wider shots those kind of you know movement shots um, and they piece together to make a story, right? It's just, you know, it's, it's so true. If, you, if you're beginning, you, you have no idea what you're looking for. You're just shooting everything and nothing really makes sense. So, Oh, I, re I, I remember you. that. I remember that first wedding. I had even, and I was, it's also with weddings because it's a live event. You're trying to work your camera settings so quickly so that you can, you have to adjust for outdoor, indoor. If you go indoor to outdoor, like yeah. I remember trying to be so fast on the camera with the settings. That was a big task for me. And I used to take a camera home on the weekends when I was in Vancouver and I would just shoot. I would put myself to the test to try and figure out how to adjust your camera settings in a relevant <laughs> amount of time so you don't miss moments, right? And I think yeah. that's, that can be a really tricky part to shooting stressful. a live event. So yeah. stressful. Yeah, it um, is. Even like, you know, even till today, like you know what you're doing and you know what you're looking for, but it can be just like a, oh yeah, like, you know, I have to get that or we're changing or, you know, the white balance, right? Like you're always yeah. thinking of all those things. So it's, it's constantly thinking ahead and problem solving. And I think like, the following day after a wedding, you, you do feel that creative like brain melt just because you've been on for 12 hours of like yeah. problem solving. Because I think that's a lot of our job as um, both photo and video is like yeah. all day, every day, we're problem solving to make something beautiful for our client because every, every situation is different and every venue is different and every lighting scenario is different, right? So, and that just comes oh, yeah. with experience, but definitely, yeah. 
But yeah, and also just to, right, like uh, managing the timeline, right? Because sometimes things, you know, happen on time and sometimes they don't. And just mm-hmm. making sure you have enough time to do all the things and prep all the things, right? And as a first timer, you have no idea. You're just flying by the seat of your pants. But um, you learn very quickly that preparing is key when it comes to this, for sure. Preparing and backups. Yeah. And having Backup. a team too, having a team, yeah. right? Like that, you know, is, is going to like have your back if you need to, you know, get an extra battery or mm-hmm. <laughs> get something so you can leave, right? For a second. I think yeah. that was one of the biggest fears I had as a second shooter is like when the second, when the first shooter would be like, okay, I'm going to like go get a new battery. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> Man, so, this is, here we go. <laughs> this is it. This is it. This is my time, right? Yeah. So, um, so then after, so then you started your business, what, what gave you the spark to start? What was, you know, what was it? Why did you quit working for someone else, I guess, to do what you wanted to do? I think this came down to the spark really started, I think, with two different, two different things. One being what I mentioned was finding the original spark was when I was in school. Like that originally was finding the spark for the passion. So that started, okay, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And then it's interesting because as an artist, I actually considered looking at television production companies because once you work in weddings, you've kind of dabbled in weddings. And so you want to maybe try out the commercial world because it looks really cool. (laughs) 30 seconds is cars and lights and like, smoke and there's all of that element to it yeah Yeah, rain (laughs) you can kind of do anything and so i um i interviewed controlled environment right (laughs) where everything's planned so that kind of was like the shiny glimmer and so i decided to interview with a production company thinking that like you know what this is maybe something i want to try and it was funny because during the interview um one of her questions was you know what is what are your hobbies what do you do in your free time? Would you be willing to give up your hobbies and your free time to come if we had a deadline we had to meet? And that's not a big deal for me because typically I, I do that anyways. Like you make sacrifices when you're in a business. But what I found was previous to that, I was working with this company and I just, I treated it like my own. And I had made so many sacrifices before that I had missed, you know, I'd miss friends' weddings. And there's a lot of things that you miss, especially on weekends in the summer and things like that. Yeah. And so when she had said that, I kind of had this moment of thinking like, I'm more than willing to give up what I need to give up, but I want to be able to do it on my terms. So knowing I had the passion and some talent, I knew that I could take this and create almost like freedom, but it's not freedom because you know, when you have a business, you actually end up losing a little bit of freedom, more freedom, but you're able to work on your own schedule and create um, the time and the flexibility for, yeah, your own goals and what you want to do. So that right there kind of said to me, I feel like I know I can do this and I'm decent at it. So I want to give this a shot and I don't necessarily want to go working for a television production company where it's going to be back to, you know, you're almost like you're, you're faceless in the company in a sense. So that was kind of the second spark that made me go, (laughs) you know what, let's do this thing. <laughs> so that's how it started. And then I just kind of knew I was going to run with it from there. So, did you um, like, so talk to me? So, you just like launched a website, or what, how did you just like get going? Like, what was your. Well, so my first order of business was <laughs> reaching out to a lot of the people that I had met in my five years when I was working um, with the wedding magazine, because you do make, you establish a lot of connections in that time frame. Yeah. So I reached out to them and just said, you know what, this is what I've decided to do. Um, but the one tricky part about starting this was that when you leave a company, you have no footage and you have no portfolio. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're a photographer, if you're a videographer and you're working under another studio, you don't have the rights to take that with you. So the day that I decided to start my own business was the day I had no portfolio whatsoever. So basically it came down to contacting people, uh, determining what gear I needed at a lower, without spending a lot, because in the video world, as you know, things add up really, really, really quickly. (laughs) Um, So it was networking and then it was creating. So 
my take and how I kind of started building a portfolio was that I would go out on the weekends and I would shoot. I would shoot everything. I would shoot long weekends. I would shoot in Toronto. We had the C&E. And I would put that together. And it, it wasn't wedding related, but it still showed the ability, number one, the passion for shooting and just and showing some talent like and storytelling. So it was just kind of trying to put a bit of my personality into shooting that wasn't weddings necessarily. Um, and then there was one planner, uh, two, sorry, two planners in particular that I had met with and, uh, I told them what that I was doing and they said, you know, if this is the journey you're going to take, we fully support you on this and we would love to work with you. And so they ended up being responsible for almost half of our season the following year. And they really just kind of took me in and they trusted me because we hadn't, I had known them for five years and they had seen the storytelling and things like that from previous. So that was a big deal. Um, having That's those people, huge deal. people That's who huge trust deal. you. Yeah, absolutely. And then a lot of it was free work. I worked for free for years. I still do. It's not something you kind of ever stop doing. Yeah. Um, not free weddings, but free collaborations within the industry or just, if you have an idea, go out and do it. You want to make sure that you're creating always, but also providing value and people need to see what you can do before they can trust to refer you like they want to make sure that you can hold up what you're going to say so working for free was a really big component of building those connections with a lot of the wedding industry yeah I, I think that still holds true I feel like you know we here in Ottawa as well we do a lot of stuff for free <laughs> free as in you know it's our time right it's more you know um, our time and um, but uh, I feel like it's such a, a joint collaboration right like other people are also providing their time to do something that's fun and creative and exactly what we want and almost that commercial style where <laughs> we can control things for to a certain point um, and, uh, but realistically, it's just to like hone our skills, right. To try things that we may not have the amount of time we do on a wedding day. Cause sometimes you're just restricted on time, right. We just don't have enough time sometimes, right. For I'm sure. sure you run into that a lot, but, um, a lot. you know, we, we try our best to anticipate and, and plan for, for things to go weary, but you can't control stuff, right? So, um, Absolutely. You know, but I feel it, like, so it is nice. I feel like it's good too for that, but that's for any industry across the board. I think if you're kind of getting into any industry, you maybe just want to consider approaching someone and just giving your services for free, just so you can start creating that connection. I think that is like the biggest, most valuable thing. Like you can, you can get a, you can go out and purchase a camera and then you can say, Oh, I just got a camera and here's, I'm, for a thousand dollars, I can come out and shoot this, or you can make that part of your portfolio building and offer them to go out. And then you may, that may lead to more jobs down the road. But if you initially ask for money when you haven't proven yourself yet, then you may run into them saying no and mm -hmm. not, you're not making that connection. So I don't know. I feel like it kind of works in all industries, but in the wedding industry as well, it's a very collaborative industry, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And those are the things that I look forward to, you know, just having, you know, like we usually say, like we save ourselves for like one or two a year because it is a lot of work. It's a lot of time um, and for everybody involved. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. We, we really like doing them, but we do, we do like the, the hassle and bustle of like a real wedding though. Just like that thrill. You can't get that. I feel like in a lot of jobs, you know, I think that's when you were talking about how you fell in love with it, that first wedding, all those moments, cause it really does feel like endless moments happening all day. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what made me fall in love with it too. You know, I, I love shooting just portraits or people out in the field or whatever but to get like all those moments those ceremonies those those little tears in the corner you know like those those are amazing those are like like get me excited right so yeah to be a sneaky I like to say a gin, I'm a ginger ninja so <laughs> for anyone who's listening and may not be watching I have red hair <laughs> so a lot of times I like to joke it is about having that ability to be a bit of a ninja and you're kind of you're not so much focused in your viewfinder on the day of a wedding, but you're focused on your surroundings because that's yeah. where the story is. Like, yes, your couple is your, your subject, but at the same time, grandma could be a subject or mm -hmm. mom and dad could be uh, holding hands or they could 
sneakily yeah. grab their, each other's hands and squeeze it. And like, you just have to be watching for those kind of moments. Yeah. If you want to really elevate, especially if you want to elevate your storytelling, it's not sure. so much always about the bride and groom, although we love the couple, it's yeah. about their family members as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's where we kind of divide and conquer. It's like, okay, you have these people, we have these people, like we're covering all our bases here because the idea too, that I think is that the couple, they, they pirate you obviously to capture um, what's happening, but they also, they don't get to see all of that, right? So for you to surprise them with seeing that part of the day, I think is so important too. So yeah. that's um, something we hear that. is a lot, of, most of the common feedback that we hear is that um, they feel like they were there. Like they feel like they're reliving it again. And also even when people watch it, they say, I feel like I was at that wedding because you're giving like that view point of it. And you're right, it is neat when, especially when the couple is doing a photo shoot and we're, we have a team capturing like cocktails or what's going on with their friends and family and how yeah. good of a time they're having at this wedding they're hosting. Yeah. And they don't see that because they're off doing their thing. So I think in yeah. that aspect, like video really comes into play. And I think that's something people really enjoy watching. Yeah, and just like those silly moments, right, where you just can't, like, I, I love photos, don't get me wrong, my heart is in photography, but there are times when video totally trumps it, and I, I hate to say it, but, you know, like, a video just doesn't do it justice, right, like, um, if you capture, like, a really, I've had some where it's, like, you know, just some really funny moments, or some really, like, intimate moments, and on photo, it just, it's not the same, right? So video really does capture that real true emotion and brings you right back, right? So. Yeah, um, but I always say they complement each other really well. Yeah. I honestly believe they do complement each other. If you have photo and then you have moving imagery of that photo and when you're looking back at your wedding photos and then you get to see your wedding film, it's like it just comes to life. So it just amplifies both products, I feel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so... Talk to me a little bit about your path. Um, I'm curious, you know, about once you um, started to decide to grow your business. So you, you said you got a lot of, um, you know, referrals from your wedding industry. So what did that look like? Were they kind of saying to people like, oh, she's, you know, like, were you, I guess, maybe this isn't weird to ask, but, you know, were you doing it at a discount? Like, how are you, like, what was your, your process looking at that point to try and build up your, your portfolio with without you know what I mean without a portfolio if that makes sense you know I'm curious how that works that was probably the most challenging part of entering this business and I'm sure you had to go through it too is just that beginning phase of not having anything so how do you sell yourself when you don't have anything now I did have the experience prior to that so I came at it at a different area where I actually had five years experience already shooting weddings under another brand Um, but when you're coming in brand new that's a little bit different but a lot of it really was, yeah, like reaching out and establishing those connections again um, with those planners and, and then a little bit of advertising. Um, I think at that point, so 2015, Instagram kind of took off for business around 2014, 2015. Yeah. So I was always, I've always been active on Instagram, but putting out still photo, like still frames from some of the video content we shoot. Yeah. And I was just always making sure I had a presence. And I never had fear of connecting with someone if they were not going to respond. I basically would send out (laughs) emails expecting to not hear from anyone. The biggest (laughs) thing you can do is hold no expectations that you will hear back. If you hear back, thumbs up. (laughs) So who were you reaching out to? Like, were you reaching out to like planners or venues or what was your... Mostly, it was mostly planners that I had worked with before. Um, Planners and then some photographers. So when I was shooting for five years, I had made connections with a lot of the photographers. And I mean, this probably doesn't happen for you as much because you guys are both photo and video. But I think a lot of photographers who only do photo or only offer photo, they are asked, who do we go to for video? And so if you create good connections with the photographers, that's really going to help. So we have a few photographers that we work with almost primarily all summer. And it's just those core teams. And it just makes the day so seamless when you have that relationship with the photo and video team. And I know you've likely experienced not knowing who the other person is for either photo or video. Yeah. And it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge. Absolutely. So it's really nice when you do develop those. But yeah, I would say planners and photographers were kind of the two people that I really started to work with. 
Um, and then I advertised a little bit, which then put me into collaborations and we tried to work through getting in magazines and just that was kind of the gradual build of um, how I operated the business starting. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. after, so talk to me a little bit about that first season. Did you, um, like, how did it go? Like, how, what was it like? <laughs> I'm curious because you had to manage it all right before I guess you had somebody that oversaw everything that probably I don't know did you take care of client management and all that stuff before or was that all new as well good question no so I was not involved with the client management on the side before this you're right so this was um, coming into a whole new world of now you have client management you have sales you have meetings you have you know admin invoicing marketing like you basically yeah. I, think I wrote out recently and I had 12 I have 12 jobs <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. like if, and that's, that's the life of when you're on your own as an entrepreneur, that's kind of the life that you begin with. Definitely. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Cause you're at least learning how to dabble in all of them. Right. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was the, uh, what was that first year like? So oh, like, the first you know, year. After, yeah. Like after your first season, right? Like you said, you did yeah. about 15 weddings or something like that. How did that go? Like, was it um, overwhelming? Were you able to kind of keep up with everything? Or was it just like smooth sailing? <laughs> it was, well, it was smooth sailing in a sense, but it was a lot of editing. So anyone uh, who may be in this position or thinking of like starting in videography, you will become a full-time editor. And I'm sure you know, but uh, editing takes up a lot of your free time. And so basically that year, just that's when it really became about editing and marketing, editing and marketing, editing and content, editing and content, and just being consistent with this is my work. This is who I am. This is my work. This is who I am. And so people are constantly seeing your name come up over and over and over. And I cannot stress how important that is. Um, and you do a great job of that because I, I, I love it. it, it like, I'm like, oh. She's so consistent and I'm not. It's definitely not easy, but at the same time, it's just you always want to be the forefront in the thought process if someone needs wedding video or if someone needs wedding photography. And I do, I am guilty of having a Facebook page that I put wedding videos on. And I know a lot of my friends may not want to see wedding videos. However, building that reflex in their mind. And so when someone's getting married and they go, do I need a wedding videographer? Who's the first person they think of? So you may not be trying to sell to your friends and family, but at the same time, you're building this memory for them that that's what you do because you've ingrained it into their minds <laughs> in, in somewhat of a sneaky marketing way. But that's just, it's just kind of always trying to stay top of mind. And, and I don't, like I do like to put out content with strategy attached to it. Um, but you don't want to go too crazy. You just want to make sure you're always kind of staying active, I think. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and, you know, I, I really think it's, you do a great job. And I, I, I see, like, you know, you evolving and changing and pivoting and things like that. So I'm curious, um, have you had any challenges or, you know, things that made you pivot in your business that you'd like to share or maybe changed your business in some way? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely challenges in this regardless, in business room regardless, but um I think one of the biggest challenges was understanding how much you need help. And when it comes to being the artist and then also being the business person, mm -hmm. they're two separate skills. And so you need to, some days you may need to just edit or you may need to just be an artist or create or have that thought process of creation. And yeah. so you need to shut off your emails and your internet. And like, I've had to do this. Like you have to lock yourself down. Me and too, then the yeah. next, and the next day you need to focus on your admin tasks and your contracts and your, and so it's just like balancing all of those things. And so the challenge really became, okay, I know that I would, I've always kind of been determined to do something more than just shoot wedding videos. And so I wanted to continue growing. And in order to do that, I wanted to bring on someone who could understand the brands and edit because editing will pull down <laughs> a lot of your a lot of your time. So 
I was lucky to find an editor in um, October of 2018, and she is amazing. I've been working with her. I've been training with, I trained with her for eight months and just constantly training to understand the brand and how we tell the story. And how was that? I'm curious because, you know, I feel like that's a hard thing to do is to let, you know, like you said, eight months. And to me, that's like, okay, okay. I could see eight months, but that must've been like that first month, you must've been like, whew, <laughs> you know, this is hard, right? Yeah. What, well, what it is and what I realized is a lot of it obviously is here and you are now vocalizing, okay, this is how we do it. And you're starting to vocalize your process. And if you, if you want a tip, <laughs> a tip I would do for anyone who's going in the creative, uh, avenue and they want to actually train someone start recording what you're saying as almost as lessons and I'm not joking you had I recorded a lot of the sessions like we weren't you know the training session wasn't eight hours a day five days a week it was you know working through films but it was eight months in total until like okay this girl's got it she's she knows exactly what's going on um and just always refining I'm very particular with um if you do have someone in that you want to bring in to edit for you. If you start letting things go, so if you start watching and then you're like, oh, that's fine. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. That wasn't very then, smooth. <laughs> then what happens is their mentality starts going, eh, that'll be fine. That'll get passed. And so like, I'm very particular and probably why eight months was my number was just, <laughs> I would review a film and you know, it could be as simple as somebody opening their mouth before we cut the frame. Yeah. That has to be cut. So it's like the changes I send are small, but they're very detailed so that people are understanding, like then the, the editor starts to understand what you look for and what you like, what you don't like. And so it just, again, it comes back to like building that muscle memory with your staff about like what it is that you like, what you don't like. But I would highly recommend recording <laughs> <laughs> any of your training sessions sessions <laughs> um, to help you, um, especially when you are when you are training an editor and the creative process, right? Yeah. So yeah, so back to the question. Um, once I identified that she that, that was the challenge that I needed a little bit of help, yeah. then I was able to bring somebody on and that allowed me more time and flexibility to then pivot and move into the podcast space and decide to bring people in and get to learn about people's journey and the wedding industry. And, you know, I'm in the video component of the wedding industry, but there's so many other parts of the industry. And I think having what I've started with the podcast is basically a bridge where people start to learn, Oh, I didn't realize that from video or I didn't realize how important, important lighting is yeah. <laughs> or that we like natural. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Like, there's certain avenues of the industry that may not, talk and have that communication to know that information. So there's kind of been that goal, but the challenge of understanding you need help and then freeing up your time to then start pivoting if that's what your goal is. Depends on what your goal is. But that's kind of that's kind of been the route thus far and I've been very blessed that I have an amazing editor um, working with me. Yeah, Cuz I feel like with editing and I'm sure you felt the same way, um, or your editor might have felt the same way. It's a personal thing, right? Like, um, and, you know, you kind of develop your own style and your own thing that you're looking for and you almost shoot that way, right? Like you're like, you, like we talked a little bit about how we're looking for certain things. Um, and that's hard to, like you said, to teach. So I, you know, that's something that we've, we haven't, um, we haven't hired anyone to edit for us as of yet um but it's something that we've been thinking about right now for us it's just hard to find people that even shoot similar to us you know who are looking for those things so um have you had to hire like how do you work with your team how do you hire people like that do you find that you train people or do you um find people that are doing their own thing like talk to me a little bit about that I'm curious how you do that first so yeah, well, in regards to shooters, uh, we have a team that we work with. There's about seven of us on the team. And basically, it comes down to they have all, we've all kind of been shooting weddings for almost 10 years. And okay. so they have the muscle memory of knowing what moments matter, 
and what equipment we use. Like we have certain equipment for certain moments and certain frame rates for certain moments. And like, we just, I had just kind of have this style that just stays on brand and stays on point. And my team's amazing and they just, they know what to look for and they have the right equipment. And it's kind of just been seamless in that sense. Um, but when I am training, I bring them on as like a third shooter on the day of the wedding. And my goal with that, and the hardest thing to, re and the important thing to remember is that they don't necessarily know because they haven't been in this scenario before. So I'm always vocalizing what needs, what should be done. Like I'm kind of, don't forget about this or watch for this or this is why this happens. And so you're kind of ingraining that into their, into their, uh, into their mindset when they're shooting, mm -hmm. but you, it's not so much about being bossy. You don't want to be bossy. It's just yeah. making them aware of things that they would never think about. And they're like, Oh, I hadn't thought of that. And the more you say it, the more they're going to just do it. So in that sense, the training for shooting kind of comes on the day. Um, yeah. but yeah, I've been really blessed to have a solid crew of trainers who have, or trainers, <laughs> shooters <laughs> who have been shooting for so long that it's, it's kind of a seamless, uh, relationship. So, awesome. yeah. That's amazing. That's really fun. I love that. Like I, I know myself when I'm working with somebody like a second shooter, um, you know, I, I try and give them their own things, but if I have the time, I will vocalize, you know, I do it this way because of this, or I'm looking for, you know, the way the light hits this this way or you know what I mean you're just trying to explain your thought process um and uh I think that that's so important too because you know everybody does something different I don't know about you but every year um I try if I can to second shoot with another company so like another industry friend um and I don't I don't do it because I need you know need to or whatever I just enjoy like like learning from them you know just learning something even if I walk away with one thing um from the day um they know that they're going to get quality you know work from me but also you know they might do something completely that i would never have done or thought of doing um and uh every year i've done it and i love it i don't know if you do anything like that but oh, wow. uh, it's something that's really it's really been fun you know it's just like a nice way there's no responsibility you hand over the stuff to edit and you're like great <laughs> yeah absolutely the rules yeah. the rules change a little bit <laughs> yeah it's exhausting but it's different because you're not you know they, they're asking you to do things like you can anticipate and do all the normal things but you don't have the responsibility right like you're you're just you know looking for the cool unique I call it creative moments if that makes sense um, yeah for but sure. you don't normally have always that much time to do um so are there any highlights I'm curious that, that, that you have that have stood out um, in your business, you know, things that you've been super proud of or moments? Um, I'd love to sort of hear if you've got any. Um, well, I think the, the highlights of at least getting into it were definitely discovering the passion. That was like a big, big, massive highlight for me because then that led me on this crazy path. <laughs> um, I think taking the opportunity that was given, uh, was a really big highlight as well. And I mean, we've had the opportunity to do a little bit of traveling. I don't say that we are destination videographers, um, because destination kind of comes with its own <laughs> its whole, yeah. it's, it's a whole other ball game. Essentially. Yeah. Have you done some destinations? No, 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 we haven't done any, but I know that I was talking to you when you were just in the Bahamas or something like that. Yes. And I was asking you how, how did you do that? And you're like, wow, <laughs> I know. Um, but that looked epic. So yeah, if you want to talk to me about how that was, that would be awesome. But, yeah, that was um, our, um, our second time shooting in the Bahamas, which was pretty amazing. I, I've got to say, we've definitely experienced some pretty amazing situations, um, scenarios for our weddings. And we had the opportunity in February to go down to the Bahamas just before, you know, the pandemic happened. Um, and we were on, so what happened was we had gotten into the Bahamas and then we were taking a small plane to get to a remote island. It's called the Andros Island, which is actually bigger than the Bahamas itself. Um, and then from that plane, we took a 
30 minute taxi ride to get to a barge to then take the barge to this very small remote island. And so <laughs> I think it was a good 12 hours from, I left here at like four in the morning and it was four in the afternoon by the time I had a beer in my hand, my yeah. feet up with the sun, <laughs> like hitting my, <laughs> giving me all your equipment <laughs> and your luggage and everything. <laughs> and there was a lot of equipment, a lot of luggage. So, I mean, those are always highlights when you do. And there's something about that moment where you just kind of look out and you're like, you know, everything you, you work so hard, somebody wants to take you to tell their story and they take you oh, on their journey. Getting butterflies. Like, that's pretty, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty nice feeling, I got to say, but it, it's, it's a lot of work. And, the, you know, there's no question that when you do go somewhere like that, you're not on vacation by any means. And no. I usually try to inst- extend a couple of days. So at that point I can put up my feet, but it's not until after the wedding that I'm really in, like I'm really more in like cinema mode before that. I'm thinking yeah. shots and you know, how to tell the story. Yeah. And then as, yeah, as soon as the wedding's over, then it's like, okay, now you can kind of relax and have some downtime. But yeah, we've, we've definitely had some, some experiences. Bahamas are amazing. If you haven't been, I highly recommend it. <laughs> I've been to the Atlantis hotel. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it was a work trip, like, you know, pre photography life and, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't get to explore the Bahamas that much cause it was just at the massive resort. So yeah, um, we had, um, for the first wedding that we shot there, they actually drive on the left side of the road. So we had rented a vehicle cause I was there for a week. I believe. And so I was all through downtown driving on the left side and like, it was really putting me to the test. I was in a huge van, a more of a narrow road. <laughs> so, you know, really put me to the test on that one. But uh, yeah, those experiences and like traveling, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing for sure. Awesome. Um, so you've given a lot of tips uh, so far, um, but I'm curious, is there any that you, would share with someone who's interested in starting a similar business, you know, like right out the gate, what would be some of the tips that you would give? Tip time. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I love giving tips. Um, I think, okay. I think my number one tip is if you are considering getting into the wedding industry as a videographer, I'm going to suggest that you're going to want to work with somebody because like I mentioned, I think, earlier in the podcast is my first wedding you're you're shooting everything you don't necessarily know what the storyline is you just know you're there and you're supposed to shoot (laughs) so if you start working with a professional who understands the flow of the day and what events are going to happen then you start learning that information and then every professional has a playbook of how they operate the day and like where you're going to be during certain time and how this works and if you start learning people's playbooks, that's going to really give you an accelerated step in. Yeah. I think the hardest thing is if you are new and you book a wedding and your photographer is professional um, of a few years and you end up making them upset because you don't know what you're doing and just because you haven't had the experience. Yeah. And you make them upset. So they leave that wedding day and they're feeling frustrated with you. And there goes your referral because they don't want to work with you again. You may have interrupted the ring exchange during the ceremony because you were this close thinking you needed to be that close. And Has so that happened to you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it happen and I know it happens and it's only for a lack of experience that that happens. Yeah. But like the biggest thing with us and our brand is we say we're candid and we also stay removed. And I mean, that's our approach is to let the couple have their moment and there doesn't necessarily have to be a camera in their face at all, uh, <laughs> all day. So yeah. um, just if you are going to start out, if you want to get into weddings, hook up with somebody who has profession, uh, who has experience, start learning from them, and then you'll be able to go from there. Um, that'll help with your referrals down the road. I, like you said, ask to second shoot for other companies. That's a great way to do it before you start, you know, launching out on your own. And then I guess another one, this might be a hot tip because video gear is so expensive. expensive. Especially audio gear too, you know, audio and lighting. Like, you know, I know it's expensive 
in photography for like lenses and stuff but you have to think of lighting and you know even travel kits right like to have to carry all that stuff you know so yep. so, Big time. so if you decide this is what you want to do you may want to look at like if you're gonna have three weddings next year you probably have one camera because you're passionate and you have a camera and a lens but maybe you want to look at renting your gear her wedding as opposed to spending 15 to $20,000 in gear and then not having the work to cover any of that gear. Cause that can already start you in a deficit. So yeah. I think it would be to just weigh out kind of the pros and cons and you know, everyone's in a fin different financial state, but just that might be an idea to not have to put yourself out a lot of money before you've got the work coming in. And then as you build more jobs, then you start, you know, buying the lens and buying the camera. And I think, mm -hmm. I think renting can always be a good option if you're not prepared to buy it. I think that's a, that's a great tip. I, I try and encourage people to do the same, especially like, you know, for a lens that you don't use a lot. Like I know for a long time, everyone's like, you need a 70 to 200. You need to have a 70 200. And I was so hesitant to get it because I just didn't see myself using it very much. Um, and I would just rent it, you know, just like it cost me like 40 bucks or something like that for the day. Like it's a 2000 plus lens, you know, and you're using it five times, like you said, or three times next year. Why spend all that money if you're only going to use it, you know, five times, right? So. But I see you bought one because I see it on your, <laughs> your shelf of goodies back there. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> I did end up buying one, but you know, for the first, the first year or two, I didn't because it just didn't make sense. I didn't need it. Right. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I hear you. I, I think it's hard though. You kind of get addicted to wanting to buy all the things. Right? That's because the danger game of video. You're, the addiction is real. You see a new shiny object and you get an email from DJI with a yeah. new drone or, yeah. you know, and you, you want to jump on it because you think that, um, will increase your product. However, <laughs> you know the saying, it's like, yeah. it's the person behind the camera, like you should take an iPhone and try and make a story before yeah. even, you know, buying thousands of dollars a year. <laughs> so true. So, so true. Um, I, I totally feel you. I, I feel like that goes for most businesses too, right? We get excited. And I think that that excitement turns into, we want to have the best of the best. Like I had, I literally had told Luke this year, cause we had invested so much last year in gear. I was like, this year is going to be the year, luckily, that we're not investing a whole bunch of gear because usually that's what happens, right? Slow season ha comes. And, um, you know, January, February, where you get a little like feisty, like especially Luke, he's like, I want to get, I want a new camera because there's a new camera coming out, the new Canon um, mirrorless one I really want. Close your email. Yeah. <laughs> like, just stop, stop looking at it, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, they always come up with new things, right? So it's, but you don't need to have that, right? Work with what you have if you can and rent when you can't, you know. I actually met a photographer um, in Montreal that I did a collaboration with. And she told me that she rented a really, like a Mark IV, like a really expensive camera every weekend for her wedding. Oh, really? And she just, that she had like a, you know, 6D as her regular camera for the most part and rented a more expensive camera for her weddings on the weekend. And I was just like, oh, she's like, oh, it's just cheaper, right? And I can write it off and I get the newest camera that's out all the time and I just never bother to buy it. So everybody does things differently, right? So See, yeah. Um, yeah. So is there any tools that you use? I'm curious. Uh, like a hammer or a screwdriver or what do you mean? Yeah. yeah like, you know, what are, do you use any of those on the wedding day? Actually, I do have, so I have uh, a screwdriver in my uh, gear bag. We do too. I also have rice paper in my gear bag. Do you know what that is? No. Rice paper is, um, well, I know what it is, but why do you have Oh. For blotting oil. Mm -hmm. So if you're shooting corporate, we haven't used it on weddings because I don't like to touch a bride's makeup. But if you're shooting any type of corporate and your subject, uh, which is a person, yeah. <laughs> shiny, then you can give them some blotting tissues to help them um, de-blot or de-shine. <laughs> um, so those are some tools that I do have, um, as well as electrical tape. I will always have electrical tape in my gear bag. 
We have gaffer tape. We always have gaffer tape. And gaff tape is big as well. Extension cords. Never leave yes. home without. I have two extension cords. And power bars. Power bars. <laughs> These are all tools. And then if I have, did you mean in my tool bag or in everyday life? <laughs> Where should I go here? <laughs> Wherever you want. It's more or less, you know, like what makes your life easier. So if you. Oh, my life you, easier. Yeah. Um, well, something that's been one of my favorite things now for about a year and a half is my alarm clock, as funny as this sounds, but I have an alarm clock that mimics the sunrise. So it takes about 40 minutes to fill the room, but I am a a 5am'er, I get up at 5, and so that thing, I love it. (laughs) And it feels a little bit more like natural daylight when you do wake up, um, because typically at 5 o'clock there is no natural daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a tool that I enjoy. Um, but in terms of like software or anything like that, mostly just my calendar. Um, Monday.com is now on my, I don't know if you're familiar with Monday.com. I've heard of it, but I, have, I haven't used it yet. Organizing tasks in there is another kind of app or tool. Um, but as the team continues to grow, and especially if we're working remote, then those are the kind of, you know, those Monday.coms and things like that are a good way to like keep your team task oriented, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> on time. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, I guess, you know, how can people find you or follow you? Um, tell me all the things. And then if you have any kind of leaving remarks, that would be awesome. Find or follow me. Well, so I'm a little bit tricky in the sense that my name is, a, it's a bit difficult. Um, it's Corinne, so it's C-O-R-I-N-N-E, one R, two N's, uh, McDonald, MC like the restaurant, and then films, so Corinne McDonald Films on either website or Instagram. And you can also follow the VIP Collective, which is the wedding podcast on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> you name it, we're there. So any of those places you can find us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. This is really fun, like really, really fun. <laughs> it's so nice to connect with somebody who understands the, the pain points and, and you know, you've been very honest with us and we really appreciate that. So thank Well, you so thank much. you for the ask and it's been so fun to finally virtually meet you and then just chat a little bit about the process. I've really enjoyed that and you're right there with us in the photo video world. So, you know, bouncing off ideas. I love it. I'm over here about to do a happy dance because you just finished another episode of my podcast, Path to Business, where we get to hear amazing stories of how wonderful people got started and hopefully one day we'll be able to share yours too. If you want more info, head on over to our show notes page where you'll find all the latest info about this episode and links to the guests on the show. You can also find the latest discount codes or freebies I've put together just for you. Also, I wanted to personally invite you to my private Facebook group where you can meet other like-minded entrepreneurs like yourself who are making waves in their business and want to help and inspire others to dream big. The links are waiting for you, so head on over to grayloftstudio.ca slash path to business.